0: go all right hey everybody uh this is marcus smith along with frankie Nicolazzi, and this is the breakpoint podcast um this is our first time doing it frankie and i are both from uh, northern queens new york both avid tennis players and we just kind of want to bring a fresh perspective uh you know to the tennis scene for all players really and um yeah so We'll kind of go into more detail about who we are and why we're doing this maybe in another episode, but right now we just kind of want to get into a topic that Frankie and I have been dying to talk about for the last uh, month and a half really um, Frank yeah,
1: um, so I think you know one of the first experiences that, that that we wanted to talk about on this is demoing a racket and sort of your your the selection of uh, of what you use. Um, the most important part of tennis um, that you get to choose, basically, is your racket um, and any of your gear setup. And Marcus and I, who have sort of transitioned from that, you know, competitive playing days of in high school or club tennis in college or Division One college experience, and Marcus, Marcus's case, to sort of now in that playing tennis as a hobby as an adult. And I think that made us both sort of shift our needs as to what we needed from our racket and why. And both of us are definite tennis geeks. So I figured it would be a good topic to start with. Um, So I think the first question that we'll sort of talk about is uh, what is each of our current setups? Uh, And I will jump in and start. Uh, so I use a Babolat Pure Arrow Tour. I customize that with a leather grip, so it gives it a little bit more uh, weight towards the uh, bottom of the racket, makes it a little bit more whippy, which I know sounds kind of crazy for a Babolat Arrow to be more whippy than it already is, but let me live. Um, <laughs> and it also just generally adds more static weight. Um, <clears throat> I string my racket with uh, Selenko Confidential or Selenko Tourbite, I alternate between the two, depending on sort of what I want that day. Um, and I go between about 52 to 54 pounds, anywhere in that range, sort of depends on the weather and the conditions that I'm playing in. If I'm playing in like a cold indoor bubble, I'm going to string and like two pounds lighter towards 52. But if it's a hot winter day and a, a hot summer day and I'm outside, mm-hmm. I'm going to be stringing it at 54 because the ball's going to fly just that little bit more. Um, so I'll give kick it back to Marcus now
0: yeah um so i use a kind of a complete opposite racket that that frank uses um i use the uh the head graphene xt prestige pro which is the one that was released in 2016. Um, i started playing with it as soon as it came out uh while i was in college i had previously used the two uh the two prestige versions um the graphene the first graphene version didn't really do it for me honestly so that's kind of when i switched the xt It had a much higher swing weight was much more more I would say like powerful for my game um and also just a lot more just more control oriented than the one before um I also use Solenko tour by 16 been using that since I was a sophomore in college um had to get turned on by that uh, by my coach at the time he really wanted me to use it because I was using kind of cheap Signum Pro string that I had been using for a while it's like 90 bucks a reel, but I tried out the Selinko balls jumping um, and I string at 55 pounds currently um, I used to string at 58 when I was playing in college just so I can get a lot of control um, now where I play a little bit less I string with 55 I'm thinking about dropping even more but right now 55 is kind of working for me so that's my current setup um, so- I think we should also
1: just just talk about like racket history like what sort of rackets generally have you gravitated towards like like i mentioned i use a babolat pure aero tour and i have used the babolat aero pro drive since 2010 when i was 13 years old and i was playing in 14 and under tournaments um so i've generally always gravitated towards the babolat sort of rackets with their feel and and that 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 end of the spectrum but at the same time i've also used a lot of head rackets as well. I started out on a head extreme uh, mid plus back when I was like ten years old, and then stri- switched to the Babolat Aero Pro Drive, and then from the Aero Pro Drive, crazy enough, I actually used a head prestige mid plus uh, when I was in high school, and I was mainly playing doubles. Um, against me, I just yeah against Marcus. <laughs> that is true. Um, I really enjoyed that rackets. It's a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, so I, just to give you a general idea, I definitely uh, gravitate towards the heads and the Babolats. I never really gravitated towards Wilson's. I don't know what it was—the feel of them just never really uh, was pleasurable to me. Like I, I felt like I always got a lot of racket vibration in the handle, and it, it wasn't like feel that I would get. It was just like arm and wrist pain. So uh, never really liked them. But you know, head and Babolat always the two brands that I sort of uh gravitated to. Yeah it was actually kind of similar
0: for me thinking about it but except kind of like in a role reversal there um when I was like a little kid used to always use the Out Pure Drive up until I was about 11 uh 12 13 then I kind of wanted to go to something a little bit heavier um I kind of liked the head frame so I used the head Utec Extreme Pro when it came out really good frame for the time um and then I started just getting really like a lot taller. I was a lot taller and not necessarily stronger, but just had like really long, fast swings. So the Prestige kind of just held up. I remember the first time I demoed the the Utech IG Prestige Pro, and I played with it for like 10 minutes, and I told my dad, hey, order them right now. Don't even bother wasting anyone's time anymore. Um, so now, ever since then, just been kind of gravitated towards more control oriented frames. Obviously, I've been using the Prestige ever since. Similar deals, Frankie have always just not liked Wilson. Don't know why. It's nothing personal against them, just the frames, the composition of it, the feel in the hand just not my forte same for the yonix with the square head but we're going to get mm-hmm. into that we're going to get into that later though um because I yeah, for what wa- for,
1: for, for for what it's worth we did actually try wilson frames we tried yonix frames marcus even tried a pro ken frame we tried all of it we're oh, yeah. just sort of giving our baselines of like the intrinsic biases that we may have had um going into the experience um you know just to just to give you guys like a a sort of idea of the type of feel that the both of us look for in a racket, although it may be different. Generally, these brands do have some sort of unique feel to them, even if you're using a head prestige versus a head uh, extreme, like I will still know that that racket is a head, whether it's the grip shape or it's just the general feel of that racket. There is something to that, that these guys just do uniquely. Um, and that's, that's sort of just important to, to lay out before we get into this.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I was just watching a video on YouTube, about uh, like the brandography from tennis warehouse about how they make rackets at the head factory and the material and the resin that they use. And every company obviously uses, you know, has different suppliers and the material that goes into manufacturing mm-hmm. and molding the rackets. So it's going to give it a different feel every time. So, um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Frank. So you and my, you and my, actually this kind of started with me. I was just like, you know what, I've been using the prestige for a while. Been using it for five years I'm playing a lot less. So I was like, all right, maybe just demo some frames. And you were just kind of like, yeah, screw it. I'm on board. So I was like, sweet, you know, we can kind of demo these frames together and uh, ended up actually working out really nice for us both. Um, so let's start off with you. So what were you kind of looking for, you know, going into the experience? I know that I kind of just not necessarily push you, but you were kind of like, yeah, let's try something new. What were you looking for?
1: Yeah, I think I would say over the past few months, as I've started to, gain in confidence because i took a few years off of playing and uh, and now i've sort of joined back into the like competitive scene again i just had a different need out of the frame that i was using i think before you know with the Babolats, they are just fun rackets like even marcus will tell you from somebody that doesn't necessarily use a lot, it's a really fun racket to use to hit with
0: oh, i mean you can sure
1: you can, you can you can just hit shots that Any other racket, even if it's, you know, their version of a -a Bob-a-Lot, there's no comparison. Um, And, you know, for me, that was the most important step for me to to start playing the game again was just, I need to have fun playing this game again. And the Bob-a-Lot, you know, just made me have fun. I enjoyed it. I played with my friends a lot. But as I started to play more competitive matches, I noticed that I really need more control. Like, my problem is not generating my own power. Um, I'm pretty strong for the, the size that I am about, about five, ish. Um, you know, so, so my problem was never generating my own power. My problem was I need a racket to sort of hone me in a little bit. And that was sort of where, uh, this idea of demoing and, and maybe tr- switching frames came from, uh, so when Marcus gave that suggestion of, Hey, you know, I'm going to start you know, potentially demoing some frames. I want to take a look at something other than the prestige. I was like, you know what? Like, this is a good opportunity. Why don't I see what else is out there? And, and potentially, you know, if something catches my eye, if something really like blows me away, like I'll switch. Um, because I noticed that after a few uh, competitive matches that I was like, it's not just me. Like, it's also just the racket is really hard to, to, to rein in. Like I need, I, I have a different need from the racket now. And and at that point, I think whenever you have the needs uh, that you initially had uh, shift, that's the time to make a racket change. Um, So, yeah, I think that was me. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean. Uh, just kind of the way that the game has like developed um and this is going to sound weird because it's only been a few years but like the game is kind of developing towards way more baseline play way more spin orientation kind of like lighter frames you see it on the pro tour a lot of guys are using a lot lighter frames than they did in the past um you know if you looked at like specs of you know like federer Djokovic, Nadal sticks okay that was kind of an outlier but like a lot of the top pros are using these super heavy rackets super heavy swing weights that's kind of changed because of the spin production that's been going on in the last few years so um i was just kind of looking to see like what has come onto the market since last switching rackets um i had really demoed any rackets i demoed the graphene t- uh, the touch prestige which i thought was i honestly just thought it was a horrible horrible addition to their line i don't know what they did to it but that was just me. So I kind of just stuck with the XT. I bought a couple more and I was like, you know what? I'll just ride these out until whenever. Um, and then I kind of, I just noticed, I was like, you know what? There are a lot of new rackets on the fr- on, on the market. I want to see what they did out there, you know, kind of going away from the prestige, um, kind of was looking for something more forgiving, um, which we're going to actually get into later. So I'll talk about that later. But like, yeah, I was just kind of looking like, you know, see what's out there. You know, I had tr- wanted to try a couple of different brands. I've been married. To head for like over 10 years so i was like all right you know let's see let's see what the market has to offer um so frank i mean we, we had a lot of discussions back and forth about this a lot of text messages um what were the rackets that like you know you demoed and why um i know it's pretty some of the list kind of like overlaps for us but i think we've got different reasons for those frames
1: yeah so i'll, I'll just give sort of the 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 spec qualification that i was looking for or thinking about because i think that's that's going to give a better idea of uh, sort of why i demoed the rackets rather than just spitting out rackets um yeah, yeah. so i think for me you know anywhere from a 98 to 100 square inches I'm pretty comfortable with, I think below 98, 97, once we get towards the 95s, I just think that's not tenable in, in a, a a rec players game, let alone a, a higher level game. Um, I think it's, it's, it's tough nowadays. Um, so that would be one, I would say around six points headlight, which is pretty standard. You know, that's just a little bit headlight. That's sort of where I look for. Um, but that, that wasn't really a disqualifier. Most rackets are around that range and you know, I I would say and I will elaborate this a little bit more later, but my game is definitely spin-heavy. Um, hence I use a bow blah pure arrow. Um, so a 1619 or see so even a 1620, I was open towards. I was not really thinking that an 1820 would even remotely be a tenable thing for me. I have used 1820s before, but you know, with the way that my game is now, I do think that a 1619 was just where i was looking i like those open string patterns i feel like it's better for my game so for me i i, I demoed the head radical pro um and then sort of mark's can elaborate this a little bit more but he demoed the gravity pro which i then also took a look at and enjoyed um the head speed pro we actually got by accident whether you can believe that or not we originally True. meant to try the head speed mid plus which is a 1619 slightly lighter version of that racket line and accidentally selected the pro um which we'll get into a little bit later as to our thoughts on that but you know tried that out for the yonex we tried the v pro 310 the new model 2021 uh, as that seemed to sort of line up right in that spec wheelhouse. And then sort of in the same vein as Bob-a-lot, um, I wanted to try the Pure Aero VS. Um, somebody like Carlos Alcaraz, uh, Holger Rune, you know, a, a lot of these up and coming uh, younger Babolat players on tour are, are, are starting to use this frame. And it's not really a coincidence. It's definitely from what most people's thoughts are, you know, the best, a lot of people believe it is the best Bob lot frame on the market. Um, so had to try that as it's just basically the control version of the frame that I was using, so just kind of made sense. Um, the other thing that I would say, uh, weight wise, you know, for me, it was anywhere from the low 11s, so call it 11.2 ounces to you know, max for me would have been 11.7, 11.8. Um, you know, that, that was the range I was looking for. If it's a little bit on the lowish side, like eleven two, two, I would wait up to about 11 and a half. And if it was on the higher side, 11, seven, probably would need to be stock. And I wouldn't need to touch it because once I go above that static weight, I'm just not getting the swing speed that I need. Yeah. So Frank, um,
0: just to, just to clarify for our listeners, is that a strong or unstrung?
1: These are all strong. So strong okay. eleven seven, seven, a strong eleven eight. eight. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a good qualifier. Um typically when I was talk about weight, I'm always talking about strong weight. Um and which I mean honestly, which
0: uh tennis warehouses started doing and all these other uh websites should because you swing a racket with the strings. You never swing a racket, you know, you yeah, never play I, I never I don't I really never... get why they do that.
1: Yeah, I never fully understood that. Like everything should just be in strong weight, assuming that it's a full beta poly, like that's what 90% of players use and, you know, just whatever, um, a really good guide actually that I learned about, um, that head uses is the head CPI, which is the control power index. That was super useful. I think for both of us in selecting head demos to try, um, gives like a really great breakdown from a hundred to a thousand, a thousand being the most powerful of sort of where generally each of these rackets falls on this control to power uh, spectrum of head. and and I wish that other racket brands would do that because it's super helpful. Um, and as much as I possibly criticize head for having way too many racket lines, they do do a really nice job of, To separating which rackets fall into which category and describing what each of the what the goal of each of these lines is. Um, Now Marcus can sort of elaborate on the rackets that he chose. There's going to be some overlaps with the ones that I wanted to demo as well, and you know he'll give his thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I was um, same thing as Frank. Basically, you got to you got to set yourself up with like a kind of a spec baseline. Um, You can kind of work around those specs. So this time around. I always been using a 95 square inch racket from the hip prestige I kind of want to go a little bit larger so I was looking anywhere between like the 97 to like the 99 range. Um, I wanted to keep the weight similar. Um, I use currently my own is 315 grams, uh, which is about 11.1 I think um it's about like 11.7 11.8 strong again that also depends on the quality control of the racket um, sometimes it tends to be a lot heavier or sometimes even lighter uh, but we'll, we'll kind of get into qc later as well um so yeah those were kind of like my specs uh also just wanted to maybe tinker with a little bit of a lighter swing weight. my prestige swings pretty heavy um which can get a little bit tiring after a while uh, I mean, I still work out and play a lot, but if you're not playing like every single day, it's tough to like really lock in with that. So, um, and yeah, so I was kind of like looking for rackets that were like within that spec range, but also a couple that were like kind of like outside the box. You know, like I had never really tried Babylon frames in a while. So I tried out the uh, the Babylon Pure Strike as a recommendation for Frank. He um, thought that might be a good fit. Uh, I did try out the Babylon Pure Aero BS. That was kind of like a, a joint pick between Frank and I. We both kind of were interested about it. Um, I had seen Alcaraz actually play live at the Open, and he destroyed Kaminori using that frame. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if he made, <laughs> if he's using it quite nice, maybe I can get something out of it. Um, the Onyx V Core Pro 310 was like right in my wheelhouse spec-wise. It's basically the Prestige version from. Uh, from Yonex, but with like a slightly bigger head. Um, and a lot of guys, funny enough, who use the Prestige Pro, uh, namely Stan Wawrinka, Hubi Hurkash, and a couple other guys have switched in the, in the past to that frame. So I thought it would give it a shot. Um, we tried the Radical Pro. Uh, Frank actually somehow found this. The Radical Pro apparently has gone almost like unforeseen in its spec change. I mean, they made it a lot heavier, kind of lined up right to the Prestige. Um, so we decided to give that a shot. Uh, the story about the head speed is funny because um, f- my buddy had recommended to try it because he thought it'd be great you know, for a guy with a two-hander and this and that. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And, we were like you know we wanted to avoid 1820s basically i've always been a 16 19 19 guy never used an 1820 and i accidentally ordered the pro uh put it in the cart and we were both like well that's too late so i guess we gotta try it when it comes um that ended up being a pleasant surprise so we'll get into that later and the one really outside the box one that i tried was a um, pro Pro. Prokenix is kind of known as like the like the Andrea Seppi let's go. Yeah, exactly. The Andrea Seppi frame, the only dude who I've ever ever seen use that frame. It's a Taiwanese company. They sell the rackets like way cheaper than all these other manufacturers, but they do make good quality frames. Um so I was like, you know, what, I'll give it a shot. Why not? You know, give it give it an outside look. You never know, right? So um
1: yeah, and 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 I would say both of our thoughts were if you have arm problems, the Prokenix brand of uh rackets are for you they do a really nice job super low stiffness that would be your wheelhouse
0: yeah flexibility of like a 56 on the ra scale which is like stupid soft um so yeah definitely uh, recommend a pro kennyx if anybody's interested in demoing those they could probably use some money too so you know give them a shout um so, yeah, Frank, let's get into So, we got, we gathered all these rackets. I mean, we had a couple more, but it, it, we're not going to have time to get a link. Yeah, all, uh, there were, the demo- there
1: were others. I mean, I, separately, aside from the, the sort of demoing that we did, oh, I had tried how, a Wilson blade, I had tried. Um, how, could we, how, how
0: could we forget uh, that we, that we tried the Gravity Pro?
1: I mentioned that. No, I did. I did, okay, I did mention, it, I okay. mentioned the Gravity Pro. Yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. Gotcha, Marcus, yeah. Mark, Marcus uh, demoed the Gravity Pro alongside me as well. We'll sort of give our thoughts on each of these, but um, there were others. I, I also did a Bobble Up Pure Strike. I had demoed that racket for years, always wanted to switch to it and told myself, this is the specs that I would like. I hated the racket every time I used it. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> just the feel of it was just not for me um a wilson blade the brand new one that just came out v8 uh my friend uh and other hitting partner had switched to it so i demoed it for a session with him honestly is probably the best wilson that i have used in fairness um but still you know just it just it's, wasn't for me it just, I, just wasn't for me, don't get me so wrong. It's,
0: it's a good frame um and like I, we have these conversations all the time like when i go i'm, I'm a for everyone just for your notice i'm a assistant coach over at long island university for the men's tennis men's and women's tennis team and uh when i pull up to these men's invites i mean like 80 of the players are using wilson blades it's it's absurd I yeah mean, it's it, i mean
1: listen even at, at usta rec level i would say i was on a mixed doubles team a mixed doubles practice session three out of the four people including myself were using wilson blades i was the only one that was not um Loser. yeah literally <laughs> i felt like the weird kid at lunch it was it was like what a what is what an experience um and i will get into the racket that i was using because it was the racket that i ended up um selecting for myself which i guess gets us into the next uh part of this which is what were our thoughts you know so so we did we demoed all of these rackets what surprised you during play testing what were the highlights what were the disappointments you know, give, give me an idea of what you what went through your head, Marcus.
0: Yeah, so um, I would say that the 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 Babylon frames, I could like I could see why people use them. Uh, it's not for me. I really like I mean, you, you saw it. so Frank and I That was like one of the first ones I tried it was a pure strike. Um, I played with Frank with it a couple of times and I was like, oh, man, I can jack a lot of topspin with this. I can crush the ball. You know, I'm getting some serious pace on it. and uh, but I said, you know what, okay, I got to take it to like, I got to take it to another level. So I played with my friend, Justin, who played, who also played Division I college, and he hits a little bit of a heavier ball than Frank does, um, and a little bit more sustainable too. And when I played against him with it, I couldn't hang anymore. Uh, my ball was way too soft. There wasn't enough weight on the stick. It was a little bit too stiff for me. Not enough of that club feel. I'm one of those guys who like, I really value, and I realize this through the process that I value the club feel of a racket. Um, that's something that I've just kind of become addicted to through the prestige. And it's kind of like fits my game. I play a little bit flatter, not really too much spin. I like to hit the ball kind of hard. Um, But I would say the biggest disappointment is definitely the Yonex V Corp Pro. I mean, for sure, Frank and I both have a consensus here. Frank will get into it in a second. It's just that this racket was supposed to be, like I thought I was honestly just going to switch to it even before trying it. Um, I tried it, it the specs. It was like a 318 swing weight, which is absurd. And when we got the racket we held it on the finger and like the grip was basically towards the ground and the racket head was towards the sky. Like it was so headlight, it was absurd. And then when we actually started hitting with it, it's got a nice feel, but the problem is it's way too hollow. It's as if there's like nothing. There's like no graphite in there. It's just empty air. Um, so I tried it a few times. I even I even put on lead tape on a demo. Now that's dedication, man. That is some serious dedication. I put on four grams of lead tape on it. Still didn't help, and I was like, "Oh, go to hell. This su- this sucks." Um, you know what I mean? But I mean, I, I I just Frank, I just can't figure out who what kind of market they're looking for with that racket. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I uh, it's the same for me. I, I I really wanted to like that Yonex more than any other racket. I wanted to like any racket that Yonex put in my hand more than any other frame because I think Yonex's quality control and and sort of what they're trying to do is is really amazing and should be the market standard, but that racket was just not it. I mean, I said it the second I hit with it, even in mini tennis, I was like, I am swinging like a hollow racket right now. Like somebody forgot to put like foam like in this racket and you just looked at me and you were like, dude, it's a mini tennis. What are you talking about? And I was like, no, like this is, this is just not a good stick. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you, and,
0: you, you ended up being right. Cause I tried it out a little bit. I mean, it had again, nice feel problem was it just had like no, no pop to it.
1: Yeah. You know? And, and I would also say, and this again is, is a personal bias that we may have is, is just that, that rectangular isometric head was so weird to swing. It, it felt like it, it felt like the racket didn't cut through the air. Well, it felt like I was swinging almost like a plank of wood through the air. Like I was swinging a rectangle and it, it just, I don't know. It just really just did not sit well with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. I think Marcus, you felt the same sort of way about that head. It wasn't even necessarily a lot of mishits, a lot of shanks. It was just when the racket cut through the air, I was like, something is wrong. Like, it just didn't sit well. I don't know how to describe it other than that.
0: The Yonix, and I've tried Yonix's in the past, and I was kind of more open-minded to it. It's a very acquired taste. It's a weirdly acquired taste that you kind of have to get used to, or maybe you're just kind of like, it's going to sound cliche, but you're just kind of like born to use type thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm I I, I, I I'm not comfortable with it. I really wasn't comfortable. I, I was more comfortable than I was in the past, but I just kind of missed it it almost felt like, I don't know, like, I know they, they, according to their engineering, it's supposed to be a larger sweet spot, but I didn't have that. I didn't have that feel. I just didn't. So yeah. Yeah. And listen, listen,
1: we, we, we tried the head gravity and the gravity has that same sort of, you know, marketing, which is this different sort of racket head shape. Um, it leads to a bigger sweet spot. And both of us unanimously thought that the gravity was a fantastic frame, you know, Marcus will elaborate more on it, but you know, my general thoughts from the rackets I tried were the Head Speed Pro, I thought was a knockout frame. I thought it cut through the air amazingly. I thought it had great depth control. It was very whip-like, but still maintained a ton of control, really nice trajectory because of that 1820, but still had decent power because it's a 100 square inch racket head size, which I think was the biggest thing that I learned, which is that an 1820 string pattern can definitely still be tenable in today's game on a large head size. If you put an 1820 on a 100 square inch racket, you're going to get good access to power. You're going to get the access to spin because the the strings will be spaced out because there's more room to be spaced out, but you'll get the benefit of the 1820 with the trajectory and with the just general control um so those 1820s on those 100 square inch heads which were the gravity pro and the speed pro really really enjoyed which, really really liked them yeah which
0: which i ordered by accident too we were both yeah like, ah crap we got you oh, we just wasted money on this demo and then um you know thank god frank's open-minded man he just strung it up and we started playing and you know i i, I hit a pretty consistent heavy ball with frank and he was spitting back balls at me that he usually doesn't spit back at me and he was make he was handling my pace well he really was getting like really good spin but also a lot of control a lot of plow through stability through the racket i was like damn this is actually pretty good for his game
1: yeah i noticed right away you know the gravity pro i liked the feel of more than the speed because that i mean that thin beam the gravity has like a 20 millimeter beam is just silky smooth I mean, when you hit it, it is, it, it might be the best feeling racket that we demoed. Um, you know, it was just a little bit too much mass for me. It, it, it I knew it right away, sort of the, the benefit that I saw with the speed was that I was able to whip this racket. And I knew that if I was going to make this change of going to an 18, 20, square inch, the speed was going to be a better fit for me. That was ultimately what the sort of decision was there um so the head speed pro definitely stood out funny enough and this is going to be my sort of you know meant to be moment the radical pro when we first demoed it both of us did not like it um it felt it it, it just felt a little bit off you know in comparison to the speed uh i felt like it's just a little bit too much power and with the speed i was just swinging as hard as I possibly can on every single swing and the ball was going in. And with the radical, I couldn't necessarily do that. Uh, The one thing that I did like about the radical compared to the speed was my serve was just better. Uh, And that was, that was always even, you know, Marcus can attest to this when we played and we were playing some points out, you know, when I was hitting my serve, I was like, I'm losing something here. You know, the Mm -hmm. serve is definitely uh, one of the more important parts of, of my game. Um, I had a big serve and, and I noticed that with the speed, I just wasn't getting that same massive kick that I would normally get. I wasn't getting that same action on the ball. And with the radical, it was pretty much no difference, um, to my up pure arrow as crazy as that sounds. Um, the, almost yeah. no difference yeah
0: no it's totally true I mean Frank was that was like kind of like his recurring complaint about the speed pro was his serve he wasn't able to get that slice that he likes on the do side out wide um but when he started yeah the radical the first time I it, it, honestly it might have been a lemon um I, I didn't like it really on both tests it wasn't the racket for me but I could see that why the first time around it just felt something felt off even though the spec range was right because I did measure out the I did weigh the rackets on scale I know I felt like a little food scale at home um you know I measured out the weight it, it checked out I don't know what it was but you know the second time Frank got it he played a lot better with it I could see why he does and why he does like why he did like it um and it was kind of like neck and neck with the speed pro um but yeah it was it was weird you know these racket manufacturers I mean besides Yonex basically we kind of get its quality control a little bit. All these, all these manufacturers, they, they manufacture these rackets in China, which means that the quality control is more likely to suffer. Um, one of my rackets weighs like, I'm going to say around five grams more than the other ones. And I've had rackets in the past, some head rackets where it's been up to eight to 10 grams. The consensus online is that Wilson and Babolat have the worst, mainly Wilson. horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love Babolat. I I am the first person to advocate that Babolat makes way better frames than people give them credit for. Babolat's quality control is horrible, and yeah. like it, it needs to be fixed. Yeah, it needs to out. be
0: it needs to be fixed considering how much dollars that you're spending on these frames. Same goes for Wilson. I mean, I've heard of your rackets being like fifteen grams heavier than spec. I mean, that's just absurd. That's like a couple of point something ounces. That makes a huge difference in your game. Um, Yonex gets the big thumbs up here that's why we really that's why we kind of gravitated towards trying out some Yonex frames because we knew that the quality control is fantastic they manufacture all their rackets in Japan um, the Japanese are notorious for their quality control standards and you know if you basically if you buy two Yonex frames they're gonna weigh the same or yeah. be like maybe a gram or two off in spec or something yeah. you know they're, you know they're, what they're you're
1: getting. they do a really nice job And like marcus alluded to earlier um the tennis warehouse sort of behind the scenes of the the racket manufacturing yonexes they actually went to the factory where all of the yonexes are made Like if you buy a yonex online that is where your racket will be made whereas you know head is not making their rackets in austria they're you know they're making they're making their pro stock rackets maybe in austria um but you know the rest Uh, of the rackets are being made in china so austria (laughs) <laughs> um but uh but yeah so i guess with that you know i'll sort of just get into to the racket that i ended up choosing um i ended up going with the radical pro um upon you know reflection of you know I, after demoing all these rackets i said all right i'm gonna do one final demo i'm gonna do Speed Pro. I'm going to do the gravity tour because I wanted a lighter version of the gravity because I really enjoyed that. So I was like, all right, gravity tour should be in the wheelhouse, which is a great
0: option by the way that head provides.
1: Yes. A fantastic option. Shout out to head for doing that. And I was like, you know what? I want to give the radical pro a chance. I was like, maybe it was a lemon. I was like, it just doesn't make sense that I didn't like this racket. Like it it should line up perfectly with what I want. Um, So I took them, got those, and then, you know, about a day or so later, I was playing at a, you know, a USDA four or five, uh, you know, sort of like session. I don't know what to call it. Just hitting session. people. Yeah. Like a clinic. Sure. Let's go with that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to use the speed pro. I'm going to use the, the, the radical pro I play with the speed pro about an hour. I know what it's about. Like at this point, I know this racket really well. I had used it a ton, really enjoyed it. Like it was, it was an eight out of 10. That is how I would describe it, it as an eight out of 10. I did notice, however, that when I tried to finish points against people who are in that four out of four, five range, who, you know, Marcus is closer to a five, five. Um, I was struggling, right? You know, when, when I was uh, just sort of deflecting Marcus's pace back to him, the speed pro was great because I don't need to create my own pace there. I'm just trying to direct the ball into a corner away from Marcus, essentially. Whereas when I switched over after an hour, I was like, all right, I'm gonna try the Radical Pro. I switched over to the Radical Pro. I noticed that those balls that were maybe hitting the net or ending up a little bit short that, you know, these people were getting to and and my balls weren't winners. All of a sudden they were winners. All of a sudden that ball that was maybe, you know, just hitting the tape on the net was, six inches over the net with a lot more spin because i'm using a 1619 with the radical pro and i'm putting away points and it was instant from even the people that i was playing with they were just like your balls are just getting a lot a lot heavier a lot bigger um and you're, you're hitting winners now and you know for me i was like this is it i like just just i spent the time i spent the extra you know, 15 or so minutes to really dial into the racket, which is definitely a big takeaway that I have from this, which is give the racket a little bit more time to dial into. And once I had that time to dial into this racket, it was the one I knew it right away. I hit it on the serve. I liked it. I hit it on returns. I liked it. Baseline points, loved it. Net play. The radical pro has a 21 millimeter beam um, 22, I think, Max at the at the uh three and nine. This thing is amazing at it. that It's awesome. I loved it. I played it in mixed doubles the day after. Did great. Um, so yeah, it, it was just okay, like this is hitting all my boxes. Done. Like this is the racket I want. Ordered it. And you know, that that was sort of my uh my pick. Uh so Mark why do you tell us what you end up picking?
0: Oh boy. Well, um, I ended up picking a racket that I had not thought of at really only in towards like the very end of the process. So Frank and I kind of like demoed rackets for a month. We'd order a couple every week and um, I ended up going up with the Gravity Pro. Um, In in the beginning, I don't know why we didn't really think about it as a racket. We were kind of like toying around with other ones. And I realized, you know what, this racket kind of like fits right into what I was looking for. Uh, The reason why we're skeptical is because I was always against using a hundred square inch frame just due to the amount of power that you uh, is normally associated with a hundred square inch frame. However, head had completely outdone themselves here. Um, The first of all, the Gravity Pro, if anyone doesn't know, it's got a 20 millimeter beam, which is extremely thin, which provides a lot of control. It's still got a hundred square inch uh, head size. However, with an 1820, which gives you that power, but does not sacrifice the control through that type of string pattern. It's basically kind of the same as like a prestige pro with a 16, 19, essentially. I mean, if you just, just doing like an eye test and you know, um, I, I would say that just the amount of control that I had with the frame and what I was really looking for was forgiveness, 95 square inch frame, very tight, sweet spot. If you're not playing regularly and not really dialing it in, like I'm not at the moment, then you're gonna frame a lot of shots. Your balls are gonna end up short. You're gonna be a little bit frustrated. The Gravity Pro, it's got that teardrop head shape. 100 square inches gives you so much more room when you're on the run, a little bit off balance. And but when you do hit it in the sweet spot, man, that thing flies. It is an absolute club still of a racket, still within that, uh, still got a high swing weight, which I kind of like. Um, you know, it, it just, it's just it's it was one of the ra- last rackets I demoed but it made the most sense the racket was designed for a guy who kind of who I kind of play like and and similar to you know I'm also a tall uh, a tall German dude who has a very good backhand kind of plays similar style um you know kind of skinnyish but like still long swings and you know it just kind of like made sense so uh, the first couple times I tried it I was like okay you know this is good this is decent when I play with Frank and I play with Justin um and I, I started playing points with them and I started really cracking the ball and I was like yeah. you know what I was like I was like this is it I'm good you know like I I just bought I bought actually two used ones on eBay because supply chain and tennis if anyone hasn't noticed who's listening to this but is absolutely um, effed right now yeah. uh, you can't get tennis it's balls so can't get nice. tennis balls for your life can't get rackets it's it's crazy so i just bought a couple of used ones but um yeah that's the one i ended up picking and uh, it was kind of funny cuz i was like one of the very last ones if i didn't like that one i probably you know would have just stuck with my prestige so i actually shout out to Frank for recommending that
1: yeah i mean i recommended the gravity because i thought to myself you know if i'm liking this speed pro 100 square inch 1820 and i'm getting all this control why wouldn't you try out the gravity like the gravity is just a, a, a more control heavy version of the speed. That's really That's all cool. it is. Like, yeah. it's really, it's all it is. And, 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 you know, I was curious about this technology and the head shape and, and I was kind of just wanted to see if it was true or not. And um, A, that, that technology is not BS. That teardrop head shape definitely gives you a bigger sweet spot because I hit it side by side with the Speed Pro and I noticed instantly that off center hits way better on the gravity. And it was Whoa. not just the mass of the racket; it was just the gravity's head uh, sweet spot is just it is just bigger. I don't know how else to describe it. It's an amazing feel. I love that racket. I really enjoyed it. It just wasn't going to be the best uh, for me and my game. I feel like personally, that racket, the Gravity Pro, is the most advanced maybe outside of the head prestige mid plus you know the head prestige that's the smaller head shape with an 1820 that maybe is the hardest to use the head pro tour 2.0 the gravity pro i think realistically is probably the most advanced racket that head makes and unless you are in my opinion again marcus you can disagree i think unless you are a five zero five five plus to be honest i i can't see you using that racket a because of the mass and B because of the uh, weight of it that that even though it's a, even though the swing weight of the racket that I'm going to be using the, the the Radical Pro is 330 as well like they're all around this 330 range that racket felt much heavier and and more solid uh, because of that 20 millimeter beam.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, the the Gravity Pro is a real player's frame. I mean, it was designed specifically for Sparev, um and, and to a certain extent, Rublev. I think he kind of came a little bit afterwards when he was blacking out his frame in 2020. But um, honestly, those are the only two guys on tour who I've seen use the racket. And I don't really see any players anywhere use this frame, um, which is does not make any sense it doesn't doesn't make make, any sense
1: that's an it's an amazing frame
0: on the college level it should be used more it's an amazing frame on the rec level I understand why it's not used more and honestly I know this this is the reason why there's so many available for use you know like you pre-owned ones on eBay is because I think guys people who who think they can use this frame try it out for like a couple of weeks and they're like oh my God this thing's way too much of a beast and then they end up selling it on eBay, which kind of benefits me at this point. But, um, that's kind of why they have that gravity tour line that we mentioned earlier is that that's for the of the players who are not quite at that pro level, um, as far as the frame is concerned, but they still want to get the benefits of having the big head, you know, teardrop head shape and, um, you know, like a good, really good controllable frame. So yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, f- Frank, I had always been pushing Frank to use the speed pro just because he always played, like, outrageous when he he played with me. No cap here. Uh, But he he mentioned to me that the Radical Pro felt better against guys, like, more also on his level. And then we tried it out the other night. We did a little night session under the lights. And, yeah, the Radical Pro, I could see why. His ball is just a tick heavier. He was getting a little bit more forgiveness. He just felt more and more comfortable with it. And his backhand was coming in much better. By the way, Frank, you got to try out the one-hander. I mean, yeah
1: no i that's gonna be a separate episode yeah, yeah. i'm gonna begin the journey of switching back to so i actually did use a one-hander for, for context i i i started out with a two-hander that was what i was always taught that's what everyone is always taught in the united states quite honestly and yeah. yeah and then you know my dad had always used a one-hander so in high school i was like i don't like using a two-hander this never felt comfortable for me i'm gonna use a one-hander for at least some portion and i did use a one-hander and it
0: was fine it was fun Wait, did, did you use a one-hander against me in doubles
1: no, I switched my junior year of high school to a one-hander. So I never played you oh, with it. Okay, so when we were um, playing our freshman year. But I was year, exclusively, was I was basically Dan Evans. I used a one-handed slice backhand. And doubles. Never, yeah, and no I never No wonder
0: really, we beat you all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, not my senior year, my friend. Not my senior year. Um, <laughs> hey, Marcus well, I, forgets that. I, I, wasn't, I but, wasn't playing
0: doubles my senior year. Here so. we go.
1: Um, <laughs> Deep and long. Uh, <laughs> that's long. another episode. Um <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Like I'm switching to a one-hander uh, the other night I was playing with Marcus and I was like, this is a thin beam bracket. Like I can just absolutely whip through the air on this. And I kind of hit a few one-handers and I was like, this is so much better than my two-handed at this point. And Dude, for sure. I
0: mean, for context, everybody, Frankie's backhand is not the prettiest thing you've ever seen. It's horrible. Um, it's, yeah, if, it's... if
1: my backhand, if my backhand was on the level of my forehand, actually I would I'll, I'll even go as far as to say this and you can you can disagree with me if my backhand was seventy five percent of what my forehand is mm-hmm. I'm at least a 5-0 player
0: oh uh, I think that see I can't agree with that because debasing rating ratings have to be based on match play not just fair
1: sample. that's a valid point that's yeah, a valid so, point
0: so mental and physical definitely comes into it but if we're just exclusively rating like technique yeah we put you close to a 5.0 for sure yeah Absolutely i think good. i would be
1: i think i would be pushing i think if i'll i'll say this if my backhand was as good as my forehand i think i would be very much pushing 5.0 if yes. not there i yeah. think the rest of my game is is very close to that um but my backhand has always been the thing that's held me back and it's not even my backhand slice my backhand slice actually is is fine um it was always my my top spin backhand, I, I always just really struggled with it. Um,
0: yeah. Listen, I mean, when you tried it out the other night, when you actually used your one hander, your spacing was so much better on the ball. Well,
1: also I would say the one hander forces you to be better with spacing. Like if you're not spaced out, like you just physically can't do it. Yeah, no, um, just like you like- just will not be able to do it. Um, but we'll get true. into this another episode that that's a whole other separate topic that that <laughs> that we'll get into yeah well, but um but yeah the the, the the net net with the radical was you know for me it, it just it allowed me to play every phase of the game better than what i was i felt like at net because of the thin beam i was really able to hit drop volleys like it was nothing like the feel that i'm able to get with a thin beam in comparison to a 23 millimeter Babelot Pure Arrow is like, you're talking about night and day. Yeah, I mean, there's no that, yeah. there's no comparison. Um, and I always knew that. Um, on returns it feels great. I'm getting a ton of control because even though it's a sixteen nineteen, because it's a 98 square inch and it's the radical signature thing, the spacing of the strings is actually quite tight. Um, so it actually probably plays closer to something like a sixteen twenty, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still getting like really nice control and really nice trajectory much less trajectory than i'm getting from before um but at the same time like i am still using an open faced racket so i'm getting a ton of spin and i and like when i want to just flick my wrist and flick the ball in like i can totally do that um and that's a really important thing for me sometimes when i'm approaching net and i just need to like flick the ball over the net uh just to to hit a quick shot and get an angle um you know so it, it just made the most sense to me i really liked it i enjoyed playing with it once i got dialed in it was awesome and uh yeah so that 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 was that was my journey i was much more of a long-winded <laughs> indecisive journey than marcus marcus literally played with the Gravi- played with me with the gravity pro i told him that his play with the gravity pro was as good as his play with the prestige i was like these are neck and neck try it out with justin and tell me what you think And the day after I get a text from Marcus and he says, I have my new racket, Gravity Pro, going to go order some. Peace.
0: Yeah, it was funny because actually it it looked like you knew your racket for a long time before I knew mine because that Speed Pro was kind of the beginning of the process and you were playing so sick with it. And I was like, I was like, Frank, why, why why do you keep ordering rackets, man? You know, um, and we're gonna actually get into that in our last question on this on today's episode. But um, yeah, and I was like, what, what are you wasting your time for, man? You're playing so great with that racket. But as it turns out, there is a benefit to uh, you know continuing to demo, demo some rackets. So Frank, final question of the episode: um, if you had to re- if you had to do the demo experience again, or where you were advising someone who's kind of new to demoing rackets, um, what would what would your advice be?
1: Yeah, so I think we've kind of alluded to a lot of these already, but number one would be give every racket at least fifteen minutes of break-in. Uh, I think that's an easy one. You got to do it no matter what it is. Um, two, hit two sessions with a racket. Do one session with somebody who's above your level. Like for me, that was Marcus, who hits a really clean ball. Like it's almost like hitting against a, a ball machine. And then hit another session against somebody who is, you know, maybe a, a really like, I don't want to say it, but a pusher at your level where they're more defensive, sort of just hitting you junk back and you, you have to dictate everything.
0: Produce your own power,
1: power, I guess, is the word, yeah. you know, because if the racket is able to do both of those things, well, make you play on the defensive and you feel comfortable with it, you feel like you could get the ball back and you could play offensively well with it that's the racket that you want to be with. And that was sort of the thing that held me back with the speed was when I was in a situation where I was playing against somebody where I was dictating, I was like, there's something missing. Something is holding me back here. Like I'm not getting free points on my serve anymore. Cause I just don't, I'm not getting the same pop. And when I try to finish off a point, like, yeah, I can maybe place it really well, but like it's also going just that much slower that the person's getting there now. And, you know, for me, once I switched, it was really that night when I switched to the radical pro halfway through the night. And I noticed that all of a sudden I'm hitting winners rather than the person being able to get it back. Okay. This is the racket. And on top of that, the radical pro is also a 16, 19, which like when you're on the run and you hit like a defensive shot from a corner, having the 16, 19 is just so much better. Yeah, I, it just sure. is. I mean, you just, you just get more forgiveness. You can just, you know, you could hit like a top spin lob way easier than you can with an 1820. You know, that's, that's, that's the one drawback of an 1820 is I think those defensive shots and um, you know, so the radical really just every phase of the game, I think it just, it just helped me to be a, a better player. And similar to sort of Marcus's thoughts on the gravity. I really don't understand why this racket is not used more, especially at the rec level. Um, I see a lot of Wilson blades and the Wilson blade 98, 16, 19 is almost identical spec wise to the radical pro. And I don't know why the radical radical pro or the radical MP, the radical tour, you know, why these rackets aren't used. Um, I think that's that we'll, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. on another session about head, but, you know, I would really encourage people to take a look at it. The Radical is one of the most iconic frames that Head makes. Probably the second most iconic to the Prestige. I mean, everybody from Andre Agassi to Dominic Thiem um, has used a Radical at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a reason for that. It's it's an iconic mold. Also, like players on the tour now, uh, including Taylor Fritz, for example, who's just killed it at Indian Wells had a great tournament he uses a head radical mold and um so does this know, other guy
0: named Novak Djokovic he also uses radical mold
1: he does yeah Novak <laughs> Novak also uses a radical Spo- Spoil
0: spoilers head sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah so I mean these the, you know head does a great job um and yeah yeah I mean I think they killed it I think this graphene 360 plus technology I think this whole line is going to be on the same level as you know in my opinion, like the microgel line, where like every one of those microgel rackets or those i the, the initial ig rackets, the Inagura rackets are like all knockouts, like some of the most desired and collectible rackets. I really felt that way about the 360 plus. Every racket that I tried from the 360 plus line, I was really impressed with. Felt amazing, and you know, shout out to have they did a they did an amazing job um, with this generation of rackets.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it really is kind of indescribable what they've done. Um, but so as far as as far as testing is concerned, uh, my demo process is kind of similar to Frank's. So first of all, what I recommend is definitely give yourself like a spec guideline and a spec baseline of what you want to try, where you want to go with it, um, and also try on some kind of like out of the box frames. You know, like I really enjoy playing with the Pro Was it the frame that I ended up picking? No, but I think it's important to try out manufacturers outside of the big four and and see what they have on the market. These are rackets that don't get the publicity that they maybe should, or just don't have enough resources and money to sign top players. And uh, I I think it's totally worth trying those. Second, very important rule for demoing rackets, stringing with your own string. Oh, yes. for sure. I, we should have mentioned this in the beginning, but um rackets. So we always tried to order a poly coming from whether it was tennis warehouse or tennis express. If it couldn't come with a poly and it just came with like a multifilament or a synthetic gut, we cut out the strings immediately. We put on our own strings because 50% of the frame, you know, 50% of actually hitting a tennis ball comes from the string. So that's something that's critically important. If you try it out with some crappy strings, you know, strong at really poor tension gonna have a bad experience you're gonna be turned off you'll have no you really have no you can't even gauge if the frame is for you
1: you're you're adding another variable to your exp because ultimately demoing rackets is an experiment and by having a different string on there you're adding another variable that you could just fix that variable you could you could just make that variable constant and not have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um so if you can obviously if it's like for us like we kept the head hawk whatever it was in the Gravity Pro, and we still enjoyed it, and we had you know ivory strung the Speed Pro with with Selenco Confidential at 54, and you know that was fine because that those two strings are close enough that it's like it's pretty pretty fixed variable. But if you're using one racket with a hybrid setup and another racket with Solanco Confidential at 54, you're going to get two wildly different experiences that you're not going to get a, a true understanding of the racket. So if you can definitely get them with at least two polys and if you are able to please restring them with the same string you will you will it you it will pay you dividends especially if you're down to a situation where you're like between two of the same racket or like i'm sorry two two to three rackets that you're like these are the two that i need to compare yeah. do yourself a favor cut the strings out restring them with the same string same tension on the same night and you will get a real true apples to apples comparison
0: yeah that's a, that's another I mean another reason why that's so important is because you only get these frames for a week you're getting them for seven days and who knows if you can even play you know like I mean you should be able to try and play at least a like you know at least three times but there might come a point where it's like you know something comes up you can't or not able to play and then if you end up not restringing it and you know just kind of use the frame as is you might be turned off even though it could be a really good frame for your game so that's definitely something definitely use your own strings or some sort of string that plays at least familiar to yours. Another thing, obviously, um, practice every shot with it. Forehands, backhands, baseline, volleys, overheads, serves, kind of goes without saying. And definitely try to get some point play with it. You want to see how you feel under pressure while you're playing. That's something. The racket is something that you need to trust, and it also kind of needs to trust you. So when you're out there playing points and you feel uncomfortable, um, and you don't trust the racket to like swing out and hit the shot that you want to hit, that could lead to issues. When I was playing with Justin with the Babolat VS and the Strike, I noticed when we were playing when I were hitting it was five, but we were playing points. I was kind of afraid to go for the shots that I normally go to because I felt I was afraid that it was going to go out, and I didn't trust the frame. With the gravity, that's something that came very natural to me. It took me a, like maybe a couple points to like get used to, but once I really started trusting it, I fully swung I went for the shots that I wanted to and it paid off so I would definitely say definitely you know use those frames in point situations where you're a little bit under pressure you know if you're playing a league match hey bring out a couple you know play a set with it you know in a like a league doubles match you know if you don't like it after a set switch it out you know but definitely give it a little bit of time as Frank said not just you know throwing it in the garbage after like 10 minutes or something um you know but also on the other hand if you're using the racket and you feel like it's it's it, then there's no reason to test further. That was for me yeah. with the gravity. I mean, I was like, yo, Frank, this is it. Same thing, he texted me, he was like, you know what, Marcus Radical's it, that's it. I had that kind of eureka moment where you're like, this is, this is the frame, you know, it just kind yep. of fits me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, I don't wanna say that you should have that moment, that if you don't have that moment in 10 to 15 minutes, you know, toss the racket away, that's not the one because for me, for example, the first time I tried the radical, i I was like, "This is okay, it's not great, it's okay. Um, it took me giving the racket more time and you know I don't want to say adapting the way that I play but but kind of um, to get the most out of the racket and say and have that moment of this is the racket this is this is the one that I need to play with um so. You know, I think that's sort of a, just a general, a uh, good overview of of sort of our demo experience. I think um, that's really all I've got to say on it. Um, you know, yeah, so, no, uh, me
0: too. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I gotta say, you know, I don't want to thank Frank for kind of doing that with me, even though you know he didn't need to. But I'm glad he got something out of it. Um, you know, we had a really good time going out there a couple times a week. Kind of gave us something to look forward to, honestly. You know, when we were like working all day, and we're like, you yeah, know, it's great. We get to try out some new frames today. You know, this afternoon, and uh, you know, we had a really good time.
1: Yeah, it's a super fun experience. I would totally actually, you know what, my last thought on this, mm-hmm. if you could do the demo process with another person, that's a really, I think that was a really helpful thing that I learned about this. If you have another person to do with, to do this process with it, it is super helpful for you because A, you can both order demos and you could demo six rackets rather than three, which we did all the time. And two, you know, When you're demoing with somebody, you both have the same goal of like, I need to test this racket out and see how it plays, you know, everything like that. And you're going to naturally want to play more in that week or so that you have the racket. And that was both Marcus and I had that. And because of that, you know, we got the, when we had these rackets for a week, we got the most out of them for that week. And and that's a really helpful thing. Whereas if you're just doing this on your own, you're trying three at a time, it can be a expensive and be, you know, you have to find somebody to play with, you know, i would say at least three times in a week. and that that can be hard sometimes depending on where you're located. so i think that's that's my final thoughts on it. uh i hope you guys have enjoyed listening. um and we'll we'll have some more interesting topics. i think we've kind of touched on a lot of future topics that we were thinking about in this podcast itself. but uh yeah, we hope that you guys have enjoyed it and uh we will see you next time
0: yeah no we're not sure uh how how regularly we'll do this we're both pretty busy dudes but we'd like to you know get, get some sort of rhythm going um and yeah we've we've got a lot to talk about so uh
1: yeah if if this lesson if this podcast has not been an indicator of we can talk a lot about tennis and the minutia of this game then you know we have failed but I think that we have because we ran wildly over the time. So oh, <laughs> that's cool. Sure.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, no, listen, time is, uh, I mean, listen, as long as we're having a good time and, you know, hopefully someone listens to this and enjoys it. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Frank, thanks. Thanks again for joining. Um, and, uh, yeah, see See everybody next time. See you guys. Bye-bye.